Hi, my name is Fiona Zeiger and you're listening to the Migration Podcast. When we think about why people migrate, we often think of economic push and pull factors. Lukas Schulz from the University of Sheffield shows that gender identity and sexual orientation too can play a role in migration decisions. Based on his research with LGBTQ migrants of Polish origin in the UK, Lukas finds that gender and sexuality matter, but always in concert with other reasons. My associate producer, Jamie Coates, spoke to Lukas about his research. Thank you so much for joining us today for the Emisco podcast. I'm very excited to introduce a colleague and friend of mine, Lukas Schulz. So I wondered whether I could ask you to tell us a little bit about the pattern of migration your research looks at. In my recent project, I looked into the migration of Polish people from Poland to the UK after 2004. So after Poland joined the uh, European Union and the UK was one of the first countries to fully open the job market for Polish people, which meant that a lot of Polish people came to the UK. And now people who are born in Poland uh, are now the biggest overseas-born populations in the UK. It's almost one million. So I focus on this particular group, but I realized that even though there's so many research about Polish people in the UK, there's almost nothing about LGBTQ people. So lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer people who migrated from Poland to, uh, to the UK. So that's why I decided to focus on that particular group. Uh, what was the reason that you became interested originally? To be honest, uh, my personal history is always visible in my research. For my PhD, I started researching Polish LGBTQ digital cultures because that was the moment that I also was coming to terms of being um, gay myself. And I did my PhD in Belgium, so I moved from Poland to Belgium. And my cases at that time were like clear national cases. So I just studying Polish queer people in Poland and their digital cultures. And being migrant myself, I started questioning my research questions. And I was thinking, okay, what would that be for queer people who are actually migrants, who have this kind of experience of different cultural contexts? And I thought Poland in the UK was a very timely case because of what I've mentioned, the huge migration of Polish people to the UK after 2004 but also because of this particular geopolitical moment, both in Poland and in the UK. In Poland, the rise of law and justice parties and the increase of homophobic discourse that they used, and in the UK, Brexit, and a little bit more anti-immigrant sentiments. So I thought that from the academic point of view, it's very interesting questions to think about everyday lives of, of queer Polish people in the UK who are somewhere in between Poland, where they are not really welcome because of their LGBTQness, as I try to call it, <laughs> and in the UK because of their 
um, migrant status, but also because of their Polishness, specifically being a migrant from Central Eastern Europe. I really love that term, LGBT cuteness. Yes. Um, is there uh, some more thinking behind that term, or or is it just a kind of fun way of? It's just fun way of saying that because I, you know, I just sometimes you need to use the noun, and and I want to be inclusive, so I don't want to use just homosexuality or queerness because I mean not maybe definitely not all my participants would call themselves queer, so I found LGBTQ being like a very a useful term. But then what's the noun for that? You can always talk about LGBTQ people, but mm. I found LGBTQ-ness as just making a noun uh, out of that. And then I re when I said it out loud, I realized how cute it is because yes. it's LGBTQ-ness. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's wonderful. I mean, that actually leads to one of the things I was wondering about. So you've provided a lot of context for the migration that you study, but I know that you're very interested in the people themselves. So I wondered whether you could paint a little bit more of a picture of who you did your research with in the UK. It is a diverse group of people. So there are people from, uh, from different parts of the UK, from Northern Ireland, from, uh, from England and from Scotland. There are people from big cities like Manchester, Brighton, London, Belfast, but also from some small, smaller cities like Basildon, Slough. Um, there are older and younger people, mostly gay men and lesbians, but also some transgender people, some bisexual people and some non-binary people. So there were some key differences between different people. I think one important difference was class. So you could see some middle-class people coming here for studies or coming here already for a relatively well-paid-off job, living in big cities, usually also coming here on their own or with some friends. And then the other group was working-class people, mostly coming here to small cities, joining already their families. One of my um, interviewee, it's a lesbian woman, who moved with uh, her parents to Slough first. Uh, and she said that Slough felt, at the very beginning for her, like Poland. There's a lot of Polish migrants there. There are also some other kind of migrants there. But she said a very visible Polish um, diaspora with Polish Catholic churches, for example, Polish shops. And, and she found it very difficult to come out as lesbian in that environment. She, she felt that all those kind of structures that she identified as oppressive in, in, when she was living in Poland was still in place. And she told me that one of her colleagues said like, oh, I went to Brighton and there's like so many men holding hands on, on the streets. And she was so surprised to hear that. She was like, oh, I knew it's a gay place and known in the UK for, for being LGBTQ friendly. But like the, all those men going on the streets, hand in hand. So she, because of that, she decided to apply for a studies uh, in Brighton. Actually, before that, she went for an open days um, with her parents. And then she said that she, it was a shock for her when she arrived there together with her parents because she saw this one of the gay bars with a huge rainbow flag on, on it. And then she saw some lesbian or gay couples on the street and she immediately said, 
I really want to study here. So then she changed and then she moved and then she came out. She came out for her, par for her friends uh, in Brighton and then for parents as well. So I think it was also very nice to illustrate that those migration stories are not only simply sometimes from to, but more like from to to. <laughs> because especially in terms of queer migration, we often have this imagination of, of coming from more oppressed place to a more liberated place. Usually imagination is from the ruler, ruler part to the urban part or from the so-called rest to the so-called west. And I think a lot of my, my participants tell the story how much more complicated it is, how they travel from one place in Poland, then for studies in Poland maybe, then somewhere else in Poland for work, then they move to the UK, maybe before that even somewhere else. And in the UK they also changed places. And it's also they, in those different places, they were embedded in different networks as well, who gave them different possibilities, but also different constraints of what they imagine uh, would it be possible to, for them to, to live their LGBTQ lives. I mean, one of the main focuses of this section of the podcast series is about this question of why do people move? I mean, it's an ongoing question. Sometimes we think we've solved it in migration studies, but actually there's always new reasons to think maybe we haven't. Um, so your topic, I think, actually really speaks to this nicely. As you were mentioning, uh, gender and sexuality seem to play a role in people's migration decisions. It does play a role. However, I think very often this is also exaggerated because very often you think that if somebody is identified as LGBTQ and coming from a country like Poland, which especially recently is not super friendly, LGBTQ friendly, you would imagine that that would be the main reason. In fact, I ask about it in the survey and I ask it in a very open way. So it was an open question asking my respondents, what was the main, what was the reason or reasons you moved here and please indicate the most important one. So first of all, there, my results show that people have many different reasons and it's difficult to talk about just one reason. Second of all, actually the majority of people, it was more than 30% in my survey, stated that the main reason for their migration was work. I think it was 16% who stated that the LGBTQ related issues were most important for them uh, as a reason for their migration. Migration, And altogether, it was one-fourth said that LGBTQ-related issues was one of the reasons. Could be main reason, but doesn't need to be main reason, but one of the reasons moving from, from Poland to the UK. I think what I also was interesting that for in the interviews, when I actually asked more detailed questions about that, a lot of people were admitting that even though they didn't move here because of issues related to LGBTQ, that that was not the most important thing for them, but then they moved here, they started living here, and they realized that different kind of life is possible, that, for example, they could be more open to, in the workplace. So a lot of them admitted that even though LGBTQ issues were not one of the main reasons for moving to the UK, that would be one of the main reasons to stay here and not go back to Poland. Especially recently, when the Law and Justice Party started to create their own government since 2015, and most recently in the recent elections in 2019, 
they became very overtly homophobic. So that's now becoming an important reason. So I think it also illustrates very nicely how this kind of reasons changed. And it's not maybe always that the reasons for migration are the most important one, but also maybe those reasons for not to migrate or not to come back to a country are also important. I think it, it speaks so beautifully to the increasing complexity of human mobility today, and in particular, how much it's not about just one specific aspect, um, such as the movement from point A to B, but how over the life course people make all of these different decisions. Given how exciting your research is, everyone would probably quite like to know, what do you have planned for the future? What kinds of projects are you coming up with now? What was quite shocking for me conducting this particular research project was that a lot of, especially younger people, rejected those very fixed labels like gay, lesbian, male, female. And a lot of younger people identify more in non-binary terms like gender fluid, gender queer, and non-binary, pansexual. And that was quite surprising for me. So I thought that in the future, I would like to have a research project about that and still keeping this focus on transnational networks and the role of digital media for that because all of my non-binary interviewees and when I asked them about when they even heard those terms for the first time all of them mentioned social media particularly Tumblr, Twitter and Instagram and what was also interesting that they were talking about it in English and some of them actually switched to English. Even though my interviews were in Polish, sometimes talking about these new identity categories, they switch into English. So for me, it's very interesting how those kind of discourses, emerging gender discourses, travel around the world, also with the use of digital media. And, and how they become part of self-identification in many different places. So kind of those processes of globalization and traveling concepts, traveling ideas, what it means to have a gender or particular gender, what it means to be LGBTQ or something beyond that, that would probably be my uh, next research project. Well, I really look forward to it. It sounds amazing. Okay, well, um, th that's it for today, but um, thank you so much. Dr. Lukas Schulz is lecturer in digital media and society at the University of Sheffield.